Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am your host, Scott Needham. I am an eight-year seller on Amazon. I love all things FBA and I love getting into the technical details of things. And I have what I, I'm really happy to like get a variety of subjects. And today is something that like I think uh, for, you know, the private label sellers, for people that uh, want to take, say they have success with their product and you want to build uh, more defendable moats around your business, around your product, where it will get more visibility that you have never had access before. This is this episode. I have with me uh, Benjamin Fa, who worked for tirelessly for years in uh, the reviews of products, but in a different way off of Amazon. And he built a product or uh, collaborated on what's called the Amazon Associates program. And uh, well, Ben, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Scott. Great to be here. And I can't wait to talk about why like, this is a really unique offering. And um, so, But first off, give me a little bit about your background so people know where you're coming from. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again, Scott. Um, hey, everyone, Ben Fall here. And the, the quick background is did um, undergraduate studies at West Point served active duty in the U.S. Army, including a year overseas in, in northern Iraq, did a stint in investment banking one summer, did a stint at Tesla Motors as they were launching the Model S, and then did a couple years at Harvard Business School where um, steered a little more into the um, online space, uh, lead generation, and um, reviews ecosystem. I did about a, a little over a year full-time at LinkedIn and then co-founded Best Reviews, which was where I got very close to the Amazon ecosystem, um, originally in the traditional associates program, and then was fortunate enough to do a few collaborative partnerships with um, basically taking Best Reviews editorial content and putting it up onto Amazon's website in, in a couple of betas, which eventually became what's now referred to as the um, on-site associates program, where, um, and you can read about this and see it online, and, and I know we'll go there more with Scott, but effectively Amazon now um, takes content from content creators' websites, that best reviews being one of them, and syndicates that content onto amazon.com where you often see it render in um, search results and other, other experiences and placements on the um, amazon.com web experience. Yeah, what a phenomenal background. I had no idea you uh, moved around so many different places. That's, that's really interesting. But um, what's, what we're gonna focus on is what he just talked about, this on-site associates. So if you have ever searched for a product and you've seen, um, they have in the search results, you'll see like editorial recommendations and you're wondering how did they get there? How does like, how did these selected products get editorial recommendations? And essentially they get free placement because Amazon is bringing in, you know, content and it is a, it's a, I mean, this is like really good placement that is essentially, uh, free in that like it's not the traditional you know um 
where like Amazon's algorithm is always trying to determine relevancy and, you know, and it's really dynamic. Whereas this one's probably a lot more static. So if a product gets a really good recommendation, I'm sorry, it gets, it gets, it gets into this uh, program. It's just going to live there for a while. And for those private label sellers that like hate, uh, you know, the flex, the fluctuation of their products, you know, being on page one, page two, page three, they know that those sales can be, you know, tens of thousands uh, over the course of a year. And this on-site associates brings in outside review content onto a search result page. Pretty impressive. And Ben worked uh, with Amazon, collaborated with them to bring some of, um, on his website, best reviews to the, uh, to inside an Amazon search result. So there's a lot to unpack there, but mainly what we want to get to is like why and how you can take advantage of this for your products. So, um, so Ben, why does Amazon do this? You know, why are they like bringing in outside editorial into, you know, an Amazon search result? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Scott. So I think there's not a lot of uh, official policy out there that, that I'm aware of. And, you know, you can oftentimes see their official policies on the Day Zero blog. Um, but if, if I think about kind of my assessment, having, you know, worked with them on this and, and kind of seeing how the ecosystem's developed, um, I think there's a few reasons. One is, um, you know, Amazon sees, I think, the value and the, and the, and the, effectiveness of third-party validation in um, creating a great consumer experience. And so if we think about the, um, the ways we can kind of know that they value that is the consumer reviews ecosystem they've developed and invested in, which I think helps, you know, additional yeah. consumers know if they should purchase that product or not. And then I think the usage over a meaningful period of time, they had a video shorts program that allowed content curators to put little um, video snippets into product description pages to help consumers better understand yeah. if they should purchase that product or not. And in our, in my view, and in the view of many in the, in the industry, this is a continuation of that trend of let's bring in trusted third-party content to help consumers have that conviction and that insight of which of the, you know, hundred different steam iron SKUs should I actually purchase? And um, the power of review of reviews cannot be understated because sometimes that's the, when I'm buying a product, you know, it's one of the biggest sources. I'm like, I, I look to the reviews before I even look to the description page, you know, I'm looking exactly. for, uh, you know, peers to validate, is this a good product and look at the star ratings. And this is kind of like on top of that, where you have someone that's quote unquote, an expert in the, uh, in the subcategory and they're, they're weighing in and Amazon is kind of like, rewarding that, you know, that, that review with stuff on their own website. And I think in an earlier conversation with Ben, he mentioned that this is kind of their way of sideswiping Google. You know, they Amazon wants people to search for products within their, uh, within their search engine. They don't want people leaving and going to Google to look at, uh, you know, review sites and, and generating traffic outside of Amazon when they could probably capture most of that inside Amazon. So when I, when I put that two, two together, like it made a lot more sense why, uh, why they would do this. And, um, but there's a few ways that this is still a fledgling program. You know, so many keywords do not have an editorial review, 
but it is growing. Um, tell us a little bit more about like just the ecosystem of like review sites and you know how it's been growing. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a that's that's all spot on, um, Scott. And I, I share your your view on the kind of um, aim to move search. And I think a lot of people are familiar. I think there was a pretty meaningful crossover where more than half of product searches start on Amazon.com now versus Google. And I think that that this is just one more way Amazon creates and replicates, and maybe in a better manner, almost all of the experiences that consumers used to go to Google for. Um, to your point with reviews sites being a, an important um, part of that puzzle. Um, I would say in the reviews ecosystem overall, if, if I'm a publisher of great reviews content on a, on a specific subject matter, to your point, you know, you're always as a publisher battling a few uh, fights at once. One is the fight with Google for organic search rankings there. And then the other is kind of which retail partners do you want to do business with? Amazon, Walmart, et cetera. And, and then when where you're pointing those links and driving that traffic. And I think that continues to be a, a challenging um, climate for publishers because in the past they had ad revenue. Well, that's clearly going away at a rapid rate with COVID. So you're trying to fill that ad revenue bucket with these other revenue streams. And in a mega publisher case, you know, subscription revenue may be one of those, but for smaller publishers, not so much. And so you're balancing these different offerings from, um, from various retail platforms. And I think the on-site associates program is, is one of those opportunities for some publishers that are eligible that, that may create um, you know, another, another revenue stream and another chance for their brand to be in front of consumers as well. So let's say you're a, I'm a, a baby review site, you know, and you're like, hey, I want to select some baby products, do some reviews on them, you know, weigh in on our opinions and on the quality of these products. And then um, I want to get these specific reviews placed on Amazon's on-site associates, right? Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, great question. And so tell us a bit about that process of like, what does a publisher do to get a product on there? And then the, the, then the next step is, what does a, a seller do to get onto, uh, you know, these review sites? Yeah, no, it's a, those are both great questions. So, um, you know, without getting into any details or, or, or confidential nature, there's, um, there's not, not every publisher who's in Amazon's associates program is also inside of the on-site associates program. It's invitation only, as you can see on the, on the Amazon um, website. And so it's a smaller pool of, of publishers. Um, and I think that that's, you know, a lot of decisions are probably going to be made over time with regards to how they want to expand and scale that opportunity. But, um, you know, for the time being, I think there's publishers who are in it and, and, and those are the ones who can continue to kind of play in that pool. And then others who are, who are trying to potentially get into that program over time. I think when, when I switch hats and think of it from like a, an Amazon seller perspective, you know, I think there's, there's a few things that, that I would probably recommend. I think first and foremost, as, as we've spoken about in the past, great products are always going to be, you know, important factors and if not incredibly important factors, because if the product's not a great product, I think, you know, you'll struggle to get, um, you know, any, any credible site to, to want to do a positive review of that content. And, and one of the great things about this program, no one's really doing, to, to my knowledge, negative reviews. 
So no one's getting their product mentioned in these units and, and getting kind of uh, trashed or, or thrown under the bus. Everything is, it may have pros and cons, but it's, it's no one's putting these together to kind of damage brands or damage sellers. I mean, good thing that you point that out because there is, you know, to the consumer, they don't realize this, but there is a conflict of interest in that uh, these publishers, they're going to benefit on creating sales. And so, uh, but the, but the publishers also want to create the most sales. So uh, that's I, I, right there is probably where uh, there is some credibility because they want to push the best products because that's, what's going to generate the most for them. So it's, I, I like that some of the incentives are aligned with the consumer. Um, so I, I completely agree with that, Scott. It's, it's, it's not, nothing's ever a hundred percent perfect. It feels like, but there's a lot of things about this that seem right. So I, I think when you get away from having a great product and think about other impactful, um, you know, ways to, to, to increase your chances of, of being in these sorts of units, I think, um, you know, building relationships with and, and having reviews up on credible reviews, websites, whether they're in this program or not, success does beget success in some cases. And so I think having reviews and having your product mentioned on, on credible sites, whether it's done through, you know, a number of different advocacy platforms and services, I think that can certainly play a factor. Mm -hmm. I think the uh, volume of reviews and the average star rating can be helpful because, um, you know, if you're sitting there in a, in a pool of competitors where most people have 2000 reviews and a four and a half star rating, and you've got 20 reviews and a three-star rating, it's, you're, you're making it really tough for um, review sites to take your, your product and your offering super seriously. So I think those are some of the attributes that I would think of as, as, as meaningful. Another that's uh, sometimes overlooked is just consistently being in stock. You know, if you're out of stock a lot, that, that can be a problem because what you don't want to have happen is a review site goes out of their way, does all the research, writes about your product, and then it goes out of stock. And so they can't actually make any money on it and have to find mm -hmm. some other product to replace it. Yeah, that is why like, I think this works for, you know, products that have already had a proven success. And what happens with products with a proven success is the, is the, uh, the supply chain is a little bit more mature. You know, you, you're able to like run deeper on inventory levels. And so I see this and I'm going to bring this back to uh, a brand that uh, we manage here and, and actually own here at Buy Boxer. But um, this is really great for bringing, say, a, a, a brand that's maybe doing one to two million and taking it to that next level of three, four, five million. I mean, um, in, in your experience, you have seen, you know, that the, the, the on-site associates has brought that kind of volume. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, the, the sheer potential of the platform is, is pretty stunning. If you think about, um, you know, to your point earlier, where, where some of these placements are appearing on a page, and if you think about the um, potential for kind of synergistic efforts with a brand that also has a paid search or, uh, you know, kind of sponsored post component to their advertising mix, I think the ability to see meaningful growth um, you know, across a number of different levels is, 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 is not only out there, but I'm, I'm, I'm highly confident it's, it's happening for a number of different players um, across the ecosystem. Okay. Now I'm going to take you guys through what we are doing and the mindset that we put on to, with uh, this, uh, 
this this brand that we have it's like a it's a crafting bracelet kit so it places number one on a few rel- very relevant keywords you know uh friendship bracelet kit it's there but where it's you know maybe it's where it's number 15 or 20 is uh these more generic, maybe slightly more generic terms such as crafting kits or crafting kits for kids. And those get a lot more volume. And so what we're going to do is work to see if we can't get uh, this kit, which is already doing, you know, close to 2 million in sales on Amazon. If we can get it uh, onto these other very relevant keywords that happen to be a bit more generic and are getting more search volume. And that's kind of the, uh, uh, the flywheel effect that these reviews, especially the ones that are on site inside an Amazon search result can bring. And obviously we could try and, and other ways to try and get on these uh, really generic high volume keywords, but this is kind of, a, a backdoor approach to that in that it looks like a really attractive real estate. And um, when you're, when you're building your brand, you always want to like, you know, have a little bit of defense on your mind. Like what makes your product defendable? How do I know it's going to be doing this volume next year? Because if you can prove that the value of your business goes up, it's uh, it's not, as like risky, if say you want to sell this business to someone else and they see that you have these kinds of placements, you know, you're on review sites that are generating continuous traffic. Um, the value of your business, like, you know, if you're, if you're even thinking about like the multiples of your business will, will, will only go up. Um, so that's kind of like the strategy you should be putting on when you think about uh, your brand and how you can uh, really grow it to the next level. Um, so tell me a little bit more about like, if someone comes to you, uh, Ben, uh, with a product in mind, and they say it's a category that you're only halfway familiar with, what do you do to help get uh, these products uh, placed on these review sites? Yeah, no, it's a, that's a great question. Um, Scott, I think for, from my perspective, you know, there's, there's a first and foremost, um, it's kind of, does this product offering um, really make sense from a consumer's perspective? And is it um, a, a product that's got that kind of um, quality about it that, that makes it, you know, a, a product and an offering that I want to, you know, be associated with in some capacity? And then I think it's really the, the next step is exactly the one you're already kind of alluding to is where, where is the product positioned today in terms of like the, the keywords and ecosystem that it's kind of, um, I guess, most associated with? And then where are the opportunities? Is there a place where the product could go that it hasn't gone yet? Or maybe, you know, it's already in a, a cluster of keywords where it has a lot of growth potential. Um, in many cases, there's, there's both. There's opportunity to take the maybe niche it operates in today and expand, and then uh, another opportunity to actually go into uh, a, a net new landscape and, and think about how to grow in that direction as well. Um, I think that, and then is there, are there other ways to think about um, leveraging that quality reviews content? To your point, if, if you can get that content together, um, can it be used in other ways to advocate beyond just the Amazon ecosystem? Because that could be kind of icing on the cake if, if that's possible. 
Absolutely. I mean, some of these review sites that are in it, that are in the uh, on-site program, they, you know, they're big websites. There's a reason that Amazon invited them and they're, they're generating their own traffic. So this, even if you weren't singularly targeting, you know, the on-site associates, it's still very valuable to get on any, uh, any, any of these websites. Um, and let's see. So, um, but you, you have experience with specifically placing, you know, products on these sites. What more should, uh, a seller be thinking about in, you know, say targeting which site or um, why to use, say, someone like you to connect you, uh, connect them with uh, the sites? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Scott. I think if you've got a bunch of existing relationships and, you know, you've been working with, you know, website X or our publisher Y or reviews group Z on, on, um, on your product, I think those are exactly where, where you want to probably start if you've already you know built that foundation i think for people who maybe haven't built um built trust or relationships or any foundation with any of the um with any of the credible players i think working with someone um even if it just be taking a call and, and getting familiar with the ecosystem can at times be be pretty valuable um because to your point there's a there's a lot of um it's a lot of change in the amazon ecosystem constantly but this is one meaningful um meaningful place where there's been change. And I think that, you know, not a lot of people are familiar with it yet. So I think education is, is always a helpful, um, a helpful part of the equation. Awesome. Well, um, I know that we have, there's probably more to cover on the subject, but I think just like awareness of it uh, here and knowing the benefits, knowing why like Amazon does this, or maybe you've seen a competitor uh, jump on this before you, I, I think this is a, a very, uh, it's, a, it's, it's new, it's clearly an opportunity, and one thing that I like about it as, you know, a defendable part is it's actually manually curated. Nothing about this process is done through Amazon's algorithms, you know, people are selecting the products, they're, select, they're, they're, they're writing the reviews, and then they're going with Amazon and selecting the keywords that are the best matches. And that means someone else to try and like, uh, you know, take advantage of this, like they have to do a lot of work as well. This is kind of work that uh, will, will pay off rewards in, in the years to come. Um, ben told me he's actually very easy to get a hold of. <laughs> he's, uh, if you just uh, Google, you know, Benjamin Fa, he's on LinkedIn. He um, has been doing this service for others through, I mean, he has his own review website, but has connections to many other review websites. So I'm so happy that, you know, we can uh, shine a light on this. Um, ben, was there anything that I didn't cover or maybe any last thoughts? Uh, this is great, Scott. The only thing I would add is I think is connected just with what you were saying. I think if I'm, if I'm thinking with my Amazon hat on, which I think is an important hat to wear from time to time, that point you brought up of the fact that these are editorial reviews and they're created by the content creator, not Amazon, is incredibly important to um, understanding what's happening and also thinking about another reason I think Amazon finds it valuable, which is 
in, a, in an ever-increasing um, regulatory scrutiny environment, Amazon, I think, finds it interesting potentially to be able to say, nope, that's not us recommending that product. That's an independent content creator who makes that judgment call independently. Um, because the last thing I think you want, if you're looking at regulatory pressures, is um, you know regulators coming in and saying, oh, well, Amazon's picking all of these and selecting which ones to promote, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this gives them a, a nice degree of uh, freedom and a nice, probably, uh, positive look in the eyes of a regulator. Yeah. And so I think that's a piece to kind of bear in mind as, as the future continues to unfold. Right. As a consumer, I think this is a great feature to the website. Really like it. As a seller, I definitely am always concerned about any like change that Amazon has. And so that's why, you know, I'm actually so glad that I came across uh, Benjamin to uh, just to like learn about it at the very least. And um, as we jump into it, I'm, I'm planning, you know, I'm diving straight in. I'll be able to share some results. And I've, if anyone has any questions, you know, you could reach out to me or, or reach out to Benjamin himself. Um, well, that's, that's all I've got. Thank you, Benjamin, so much for uh, sharing uh, what knowledge you have and, and, and connections and experience. And um, this is a topic that is centered around a brand and how they can uh, really defend themselves on Amazon. If you can think of anyone that, that, that should be aware of this, uh, please uh, don't hesitate to share and, uh, and to uh, and bring more people into the knowledge of this. And that's all I've got for today's episode. Let's, uh, uh, I will have another one next week. I've got some uh, great things lined up in this, uh, this moment of e-commerce where everyone is sitting at home and buying online. So uh, stay safe, everyone. And uh, that's it. Thank you. One, two, three. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.